Hey, Ryan. How are you doing? I am doing well, Christopher. I've decided to sit farther back today. <laughs> oh, but that's probably going to just jack the audio, so maybe I'll sit my normal distance. Uh, you sound fine from, from where I'm at. So it's just you and me again after, uh, I think we just said it's been five episodes in between since it was just you and me. But we're going to talk about some... Uh, tabletop game news tonight and some games we like and what we're thinking and what we've been ruminating on uh with board games oh with board games yeah yeah okay you're listening to board again games season two episode five where we talk about some of the most anticipated games on the board game geek user polls as well as some board game news that we found on the internet and some actual board game and tabletop game news thanks for listening Don't forget to look for us on YouTube, Twitch, and your favorite social media platform. You can also email us at boardagaingames at gmail.com. Happy gaming. (laughs) And then we'll get back to uh, some really cool, we have some really cool interviews coming up um, as long as everything goes all right. Um, But we were just talking about, you were asking about the Candlekeep Mysteries, which is the next book announced from um, Wizards of the Coast for D&D. And I don't know if that was your D&D news, but I'm excited about it because it's got some, uh, I think, nine, maybe more scenarios that are for um, playing in, in-game, um, some mysteries, and adding that kind of content to players. So it looks really cool. A lot of people are excited about it. I'm excited about it. I pre-ordered it as soon as I could. So what was your news about D&D? Well, well, for Candlekeep, I have heard zero news about this, but one of my um, things that I like in, in RPGs is mystery. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to run when I do run, which is about once every five years, um, besides the game I ran for AJ, is like modern horror, which is really good for um, for mysteries. Okay, yeah. Modern light horror, you know, just kind of like a boogeyman story. Oh, sure, sure. Um, it's Arl Stein type horror. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit more um, older than that, but uh, yeah, just just like I don't know, it's, it's just it's easier to get the party immersed if in like modern settings, and maybe it's because I'm a lazy DM. Um, I saw um, a meme, or a well, everything's a meme if it's a um, screenshot in my world. Um, that Wizards of the Coast are doing away with a lot of the racial restrictions mm-hmm. in new books. And I thought that that was really cool because, um, you know, like alignment and stuff like that never made a lot of sense to me. Um, if I wanted to play like a certain, um, like, I, I mean, I never wanted to play a tiefling, but if I wanted to play a tiefling, you know, a long time ago, you're like, oh, you have to be like evil or, you know, and all that yeah, stuff. Or a drow, you're going to be at least, neutral at best yeah yeah like i don't really i don't really if my old dm ever listens to this <laughs> i apologize for saying this but i hate drow because of you i hate oh. the underdark i hate the drow just too long too too long <laughs> i would never <laughs> want to play a drow i would only want to play a drow if i could just like immediately have my character be Side tangent, there used to be this thing at Origins and Gen Con like 10 years ago where you could um, sign up for this um, dungeon and the goal was to have your character live the longest. And it was like recorded in the RPGA like records. And and it was this thing and I always wanted to do it, but I wanted to make a uh, 11th level like... um, commoner class historian that okay. uh that's focused because you were 11th level that's focus was like um um the interaction of of magic items and i wanted to show up to the game and be like oh i have finally collected my portable hole in my bag of holding <laughs> <laughs> is this just a folk tale or does this really happen and then just like you know split open a tear to the astral plane and then die and then like it'd be recorded and it was like $2 an event ticket. So um, anyway, but yeah, that character was going to be a draw. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, but if I did that now, it would be a draw because I hate it. I really, have you seen uh, Theros that came out last year? It's like the Greek Odyssey one. Mm-hmm. Source, source book. 
I really want to get to the point where I can be in a campaign and be a, a Tauros that thinks it's good. Uh, so, uh, not a Tauros, a, a Minotaur. Um, okay, yeah. A Minotaur that, that thinks it's good, but is actually uh, chaotic evil. I, my, my group that I play with on Saturday nights could attest to the fact that I like, I love playing chaotic characters. I mm-hmm. have a, a chaotic good character and a uh, chaotic evil character, and they both just randomly do things sometimes. Like I, I play that through and through. So having a character who thinks it's good and is like bent on doing those things and also is really strong, stronger than a lot of half orcs and stuff. Yeah. But is actually doing evil things all the time because the gods that he serves have twisted his mind. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Uh, we, we just got a text from our DM because I haven't played any D and D games in a while. Like since, okay. since Craig Erickson left us on a cliff cliffhanger, like four or five years ago, and then he moved away. And then we never know what happened to our characters. I'm just like constantly left wondering. <laughs> Sometimes I text him, Craig, can you tell me what happened? But he swears we'll pick it back up. Um, I mean, right now is the perfect time to pick it back up, right? <laughs> he did hit me up to join a online game. And I, I don't name drop a lot of people's names, uh, but I don't know, whatever exception, Craig. Um, he did hit me up, but then my wife was like, uh, RPGs twice a week. Oh. <laughs> not so much um but we've been playing savage world system um the, the rift setting and i'm i'm still playing my giant pikachu with a giant um vibro sword and i'm like like there was a and but we're doing we're in a like ready player one setting mm-hmm. set rifts and uh we just went to like a gygax planet and we're running through like a, a dungeon and there's like areas that my character can't even fit in, but the DM just messaged us and he was like, "Hey, I need your alignments." And I was <laughs> like, "Because we found like this evil sword that talked." And like me personally, I've always wanted like a talking weapon in a game, but it was like it was like a normal size sword. Uh, well, it was like a normal size great sword, which means it was like a long sword for me, and I would get like minuses to use it. And I was like, "Do you sing?" And the sword's like, no. And I'm like, well, I don't really want you. I just had, like, yeah, go ahead. But, but yeah, anyway, alignment wise, my character's like, um, I was like, chaotic good? I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't steal, but like, my character just like obliterates things when it hits it and, and it really <laughs> enjoys that. But also, like, it wants to help people. And they're like, yeah, probably chaotic good. Yeah, chaotic good for sure. But now you could play a Minotaur and have it be chaotic good. No, thinks it's chaotic good. Well, true, but I mean, with yeah. the new with the new rules with the right. new rules thing, you know, you could pretty much. I don't know. I wonder how they'll do that with like abyssal stuff. But they said that that won't really impact like species and monsters. Yeah. So then I guess that would just be going into like homebrew monstrous campaign, or like um. Oh. I mean, anime does it right. I mean, but that's the thing, though. People have been doing what they want with D&D for years anyways, unless you just had a really bad DM that just didn't let you bend the rules. So, it, Yeah. I'm excited about the changes. I think they're changing the uh, the, the traits to the, the attributes, yeah, yeah. which is good. Because I always am like, why is my gnome got to get, like, minus two charisma? I really like playing right. charismatic gnomes. That's, like, right. probably my favorite class. Yeah. The, uh, oh man, yeah, you're making me think of lots of things, but we'll just have to talk about those later. Let's go ahead and get dive into some of the things that we wanted to, to yeah. talk about RPGs for the show. Are board games, okay? I mean, RPGs are tabletop games, and that's what we talk about is all things tabletop. So, yeah. uh, so I was, I, I uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things I could talk about, but I finally got my copy of Merv. Uh, okay. The heart of the Silk Road, and I'm reading through the rules on that. And the pieces are gorgeous. I really like it. Um, that one's been getting some buzz. And right now, the voting is close to concluding on Board Game Geek BGG for uh, the 20 categories for 2021 most anticipated. Holy cow, that was a big list. Um, have you taken a look at anything from there? 
Um, no. Okay. Um, it's looking like like Ankh uh, it is showing strong again. That's the last one in the trilogy, kind of from uh, Eric Lang and uh, Simon come on uh, before he left. It's the Egyptian one. Um, I think its strongest showing is in the miniature area, actually. Um, the big surprise for me was Frosthaven, the follow-up to Gloomhaven. Isn't getting more uh, votes. It, it, it's still got a lot of votes, but it wasn't dominating anything, I don't think. Um, let's see. I'm just going to pull up the list since I was there. Uh, Maybe people just want, like, new things. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the interesting thing, right? It, is like that's miniatures in the game. Um, how how people will go for where did it go? I don't know where it went. How people will go for what they perceive to be an underdog, right? If something gets too popular, then people will automatically just not vote for it, or they will downvote it just to try to topple it. Um, I'm not on BGG that much, and I don't. I, I think the only one of the only games I like upvoted was um or voted for. No, I've rated a few. Um, uh-huh. But one of the big ones I actually remember rating was Twilight Struggle. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I mean, there's the, that silly thing going back and forth of like uh, most recently with some of Jamie Stegmeyer's games, people were voting for them before they came out and before they had seen a prototype or played it on TTS or, or, or Tabletopia or anything. They were just like, oh, this is going to be awful because it's Jamie, or or it's going to be great because it's Jamie. And so you'd see people with like a one or two, and then people with a 10 or nine. How come even... they can't? Like, I mean, maybe that's just like web page management, and I don't understand it. But I really feel like, I don't know, giving something a review that you haven't like. I don't like. And, and that's what the admins said is like, we we try to kind of wait a while before we open up the ability to leave a review for these games, but once the uh, review copies start making it out there or once they start sending out things like that, we have to open it up. And if we, I mean, they're all, they're not all, but most of them, the great majority of the admins are volunteers. And if they had to go in and for every single game, check that it was a legit review, it would bog down the system. So I get that. I mean, it took me like five years to create a board game peak account. So, <laughs> yeah, you're you're catching up with technology. Yeah. Um, yeah, I made it. I think I made it like early, like 2008 or something. Okay. And then, like in 2013, I actually finished creating it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I looked up your profile one time, and you're active like once every year and a half or so. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Darwin's Journey that you and I played is getting some love. Uh, the ISS Vanguard, that one is interesting to me. But uh, let me tell you about that game real quick. That one is definitely getting some attention. But they have spent it, it, for if you're watching it, um, how Kickstarters promote themselves, you can tell when they're spending a lot on marketing. And ISS Vanguard, which is a one to four player campaign game, has definitely spent a good amount on marketing. So it's not surprising to me that that people are, you know, sometimes voting, especially in voting like this, is just a matter of people remembering a name, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, you know, you spend those marketing dollars to make that make that get get them backers. Yep. Oh, the new version of Kimmet is coming out. People are excited about that. Um, the second Nemesis Oath, of course, that we're looking forward to. Backed that one late. Me and Christopher tried to, uh, well, we, we sat down at our respective computers on Tabletop Simulator and uh, did an overview of how to play the game because that one I am very excited to play and very frightened to dedicate the time to learn. And... My wife was asking me why Christopher wanted me to teach him how to play the game. And I said, well, because I'm the one that owns it eventually when it gets here. <laughs> it's, it's it's the common practice that the person that owns the game needs to be the one that knows how to play it. She's like, that makes sense. Uh, I thought you were going to say, what do you mean you own it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I, I definitely, I was, after we talked to 
uh, Colin, I was like, yo, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're about to go to bed, but uh, I'm going to late back this uh, game after talking to this guy because uh, he pulled up the hype train and I got on. <laughs> I'm not getting off till March or yeah. April when it ships. Um, so there's at least two terraforming Mars things coming out this year. And, and I don't know if the card game is coming out. The, the other card game is coming out this year too. Um but they counted the big box, which is just finally like the 3D tiles that we talked about with uh, Nick um, as, a, as a new release. I, I think that's kind of cheating. But then there's also going to be the, the dice game, which is, I don't know. <laughs> that seems like that'll change it. But I mean, Roll for the Galaxy is cool, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely putting Race for the Galaxy and, um, and terraforming Mars into a box together because they're about space and they have cards and now they're going to have dice variants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, making a dice variant doesn't seem like that hard of a thing to do. Does it? Um, it's almost like all the roll and rights that came out for every game. Maybe we'll also get a fourth version of terraforming Mars, the roll lower and right. <laughs> I'd play. I need to play more roll and rights. I, I like them more than I should. It, it's mainly because I can play them by myself, play them anytime solo, and they don't usually take that long. Um, the new Marvel Champions uh, Galaxy's Most Wanted expansion does look pretty awesome. I'm just flipping through this list because there's hundreds mm-hmm. of games on here. Um, I played I played the Marvel Champions. I liked it. Um, I'm like the worst board game ever. Craig Erickson, one time when we went to Gen Con, I asked him if he even liked gaming, and he said he liked hanging out with us. And it really <laughs> my heart. Feeling like a, I'm feeling like that might be the case as, as we talk about all of these games that I am um, completely <laughs> unaware of. You can just throw your two cents in and, and look some up later. Um, I mean, if they're 2015 reprints, I could I can let you know what I think. Well, you've played War of the Ring, right? I've been. Yeah. I've been waiting for the next expansion for that for a little while, and it's uh, Kings of Middle Earth. It was supposed to, I think I pre-ordered that back in like April, May of last year because it was. Is that, be, is that still Aries? Yeah, it's still Aries, which of course they're so weird. Like they dropped, they finally got rid of the uh, Battlestar Galactica miniatures game, which I really wanted to succeed, but um, they just never put the. It, it didn't seem like they put a huge amount of marketing behind it. It was kind of more kind of like, here it is if you want to play. And then yeah. that, last fall, it was just kind of like, uh, we're dropping it. So anyways. Um, I mean, the, that's kind of a weird like game to pick up. Like I know people that love, I like me, literally Battlestar Galactica came up today in my house. Like, uh-huh. I like Battlestar Galactica, but I mean, I don't like it enough to play a miniatures game. I, well, that's the weird thing, right? Like all they had was like Cylons and the fighters, which is like that's not that interesting compared to X-wing and things like that, um, you know, or uh, Wings of War and and all those other flying miniature games. Like, if you're gonna do it, why don't you produce a bunch of the different ships, all the crazy ships that people were on, you know, from the rerun of the series? Um, I do love. Yeah. Let me get like a secretary of education slash president of the world, uh, like card for a ship. Right. Like, gosh, <laughs> <she's> good. yeah. <laughs> um, like if you're going to go for it, go for it and make it crazy. Um, but the, the Kings of middle earth one and, uh, oh, this is a funny one too. Uh, Ginkopolis, which is, has a very storied, uh, past people have been looking for that forever they both got nominated for the repeat offender which i think means that they people were most anticipating them last year but they <laughs> they didn't come out on time uh Ankh also got that nomination so uh and great wall which was a big kickstarter is still not out either so you know you got the, the covid and I give a lot of grace to people who want to make games because what an awful process. Yeah, that's totally possible. It's also possible that 
those companies just don't care and are taking their time and yeah i mean you know there's like not caring and then there's like caring too much where you're like you know sending stuff back because you're like this isn't this isn't what we agreed on for quality you know so you need to rerun this and then you know you get ate up in all the details because you're trying to deliver the perfect product and next thing you know you're like a quarter behind the schedule right and twice as much in debt because yeah yeah um the big one that i was excited about that was winning a category this is really dumb this is not a big one <laughs> is uh flamant rouge the grand tour expansion for the original flamant rouge which is a pusher luck racing game for bicyclists <laughs> in the tour de france i'll have to hit up billy for that he likes racing games especially the more realistic ones it's or not one, real- of, one of my friends it's not realistic. It's just a push your luck little card game where you're. Does it court- have how realistic? So it doesn't have like any um, steroid scandals or anything like that. No, no, no. no yeah, no. I want more realism in my biking games. Um, I guess Frosthaven is winning the fantasy one. Okay, but let's see what else here. What else is winning? Darwin's Journey is winning the science category uh iss vanguard is in sci-fi currently um endless winter is in historical which that's the paleo americans one uh that that is um i don't know i don't know how how good that will be that's um i know a lot of people are looking forward to it but we'll, we'll see um, I thought Carnegie would be doing better in that that one. Carnegie looks looks pretty good, and a lot of people have talked about it, and there's definitely been a lot of marketing behind that one. I mean, you're doing a lot of work to try to get good at it, so I can understand your investment on how well it does. <laughs> um, the In the trains category, oh. when, when, we, when we have talked about when we have talked about because it's out of print and super expensive run right now is getting a reprint as ultimate railroads ultimate railroads is going to have russian railroads in it um so for all those that have been looking for a reprint of russian railroads that one i think justifiably is one of the most anticipated train games um i'm hype dusting off the suspenders right now yep yep uh i'm almost done with this i don't know family and party doesn't look too exciting to me at this point there's always surprises in that area uh, oh, here, here. This is more for you and me, but winning the Grognard area of voting right now with 317 votes. Twilight Struggle, Red Sea Conflict, and the Horn of Africa. Mm, whiten my beard. I'm excited for it. That's the card game, right? It is. The lunchtime yeah. Twilight Struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Did you say. <laughs> Twilight Struggle's doing really good. Let me put my my cheaters on. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Darwin's Journey is also leading in the Euro, uh, beating out Endless Winter and Carnegie. So, I think I think we're gonna have to play some more Darwin's Journey before I get my copy because I, I think my initial gut feeling about it was it is a really good game. And I, 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 yeah, I enjoyed our playthrough. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that. Anyway. I felt like we didn't move around. We spent a lot of time in the early island, but I felt like there was some dividends there. And since I did catch my major play mistake, um, I think um, that game was played without any cheats. I think so. I think I think that's true. Uh, First time this year. <laughs> uh, okay, so Paste last month had a 15 best board games of 2020. and so i read it and i thought i'd share some thoughts just real quick on it the their number one pick they shared in this article so paste it used to be like a primarily uh music movies magazine in print uh a few hundred thousand subscribers and then during you know like 2008 2009 when everything got weird they crunch yep the paper crunch they they went to Music, movies, TV, comedy, games, books, drinks, politics, Netflix, and Amazon. All, all types of reviews. Uh, but their number one pick for last year was Search for Planet X, which is 
you are kind of working together for part of the game as astronomers to find the find planet X. You're using deductive reasoning skills. And, and, and part of the reason I, I brought this up, like I love that game. I think it's a lot of fun, but um, it it is amazing to me to think that a deductive reasoning kind of semi-co-op game would have been the number one pick to tell non-gamers to try out. Um, it, it, says, it says a lot to, to me about how the gaming uh, community and industry has changed in the last 10 years, that that would be a, a good recommendation for non-gamers. When you say semi-cooperative, does that mean like towards the end you start beating people out so that you can be the one that discovers it? Yeah, there, there's only one winner. Only one person is, is going to get the most points by having discovered it and done the most discovery. I, I only use that term because for part of it, you're sharing some of the information. I guess shared information might be yeah. a better way to d describe the game. I just, I just, I'm really excited for it because I, I want to play that because it reminds me of a really good episode of Psych. Oh, okay. Tell me more. <laughs> uh, there's just, uh, you know, Psych with the... Uh, Sean Spencer and Burton Guster. It was a USA TV show. It's on like okay. streams. Um, but yeah, he's a psychic detective. Detective. Uh -huh. But he, uh, there's one of the episodes where they go. Um, I mean, no spoilers on this almost ten year old TV show. Um, <laughs> it's 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 one of my favorite television shows. But yeah, there's uh, astronomers, and one of them murders the other astronomer. But every time Burton Guster hits on the girl that works at the lab, um, he says, "Man." You hear about Pluto? Messed up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, definitely will, I definitely will be role playing during that game. Okay. Um, I like to, you know, interject a little bit of side game uh, when I play games. Um, and then their number two pick was Fort. If you remember me talking about that one, that was from uh, later games too. Uh, same artist who did Oath and Root and everything. Um, but it was a reskin of a card game that was I, I think it was enjoyable, but didn't sell that well. So again, interesting that they uh, picked a game with a little bit heavier mechanics than they probably would have, you know, even four or five years ago. Um, and then third was Sonora, which is from Panasaurus, which is one of my um, favorite uh, publishing companies. They they put out. Mostly family weight games, um, some heavier games, but Sonora is a flick and write, so kind of crokinole plus roll and write. And um, the boys and I like playing it a lot. Uh, and, and, I, and I think the reason that they probably put that one out there is that one has fairly broad appeal and that it's very visually attractive to people. But um, I think what, what is odd is, is that it does, again, have a little bit more mechanics than, you know, even seriously, even five years ago, the games that people were recommending settlers, yeah, like settlers, they, they ride. The, I, I, I was it like seven or eight years ago, there was that um article in the New York Times about settlers uh, about how it was too difficult a game and it took two to three hours and all that stuff. So, I think we've come a long way in just a few years as far as the appeal of games. Um, I mean, I still think that settlers and Ticket to Ride are like the perfect games to get people into gaming. Mm -hmm. Mostly because they're also available at Target now. Yeah, also you know, but like, hey, yeah, this this one, check this one out. That that was like my go to when I worked in shops and stuff for like new people. I mean, on that note, here's a article from Milwaukee Magazine, and their number one uh, recommendation to get people into gaming over this winter is Settlers of Catan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I just don't trade. Never trade. When I play Settlers, I either set up good uh -huh. and I win, or I set up bad and I lose, but I never trade. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a cooperative game. You don't get any of my goods. And I, I mean, I'll trade with you, but you're not going to be happy about it. Yeah. Weep for sheep? No. No. Yeah, you can weep. You can weep for what you're not getting <laughs> from me. I just, yeah. as soon as you start trading, man, like, I don't know. I'm, whenever I'm playing Settlers, I'm usually playing with, like, a mixed bag of players. You know, you got, like, experienced players and new players. And, like, I'm, I'll trade with new players, but, like, experienced players, I'm not trading with you. You know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And th that can, like, a single card for people who really know what they're doing in Contend can make the difference between winning. And in tournaments, people get so upset because it yeah. can make their, their difference in their points. Okay. 
Um, I have heard of, um, oh, what's it called when you have somebody um, in a tournament with you that uh, helps you win? Plants? Oh, yeah. Plants. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of accusations apparently in Catan turn. Not a lot, but I have heard grumblings of accusations at like uh Catan tournaments were sites where I was working, but I wasn't running the tournament. Yeah. And people are like, that guy's those people are suspect. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I will give you three sheep for one wheat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll do these trades. And you're like, you guys rode together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, that's the weird thing about like Catan tournaments, right? Like you can get ranked and then move on to things that have serious prizes. So, mm -hmm. and these were these were qualifiers for um, yeah the biggins. Yeah, uh, that list included like number two was Ticket to Ride and three was Splendor, four was Pandemic. So it was it was more similar to the ones we're used to from the past. Splendor. Um. We were one of the things we were going to talk about was games and narratives and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, go for it. Um, I, I sometimes I think about so when Splendor came out, um, I was at a shop a lot because I worked there and mm -hmm. uh, and we played a lot of Splendor, moved a lot of Splendor. I mean, it's such an easy to pick up and play game. And I think I probably played it like 50 or 60 times before I realized it had a theme. <laughs> That's why I like the new uh, Marvel one better. I just wish it were the same price because Asmodee has definitely already made their money six times over with the game. But um, the fact that the Marvel one, like you're actually trying to get the Infinity Gems and it tells you that from the beginning and you can kind of think about that as you're playing makes more sense than the silly, what, what is he from, Venice or something? The Gem Trader? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Genoa? I, don't I knew know. it. I knew it involved gems. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is a mine. You're mining for these, and then you're trying to sell them to these benefactors. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's it's the it is one of the ugliest best selling games ever. Is my feelings on the original Splendor? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's all gems and gaudy. I mean, they hit it on the nose. Sure, <laughs> like if that's what you're shooting for. But the yeah. like like the cards are just I mean there's so many cool Renaissance uh, themed things with artwork and so many great artists and and I'm I'm probably gonna find out it's an artist I like elsewhere but you know the artist the artist isn't the only one that, that makes the decisions about what a design is gonna look like it's ultimately up to the company whether they approve the design or not right so I mean like and and not to bag Splendor too much. But I mean, I played a lot of Splendor. I think it's, I haven't played it in a long time. I don't know if I ever want to play it again because I'm like very burnt out on it. Um, but there was a reason I played it so much. Right. No, no, no. I, yeah, it's probably in my top five or six of like games that I've played more than any other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this one from Wired has. Jaipur and Pandemic, Dead of Winter, blah. Code uh, Themes, Duet, Ticket to Ride. What year so, is that from? So this is from this year, and they're, uh, they're, they're talking about 10 of the best board games for two players because that's a, been a big yeah. thing this last year is, you know, you're stuck with your significant other or your roommate. or I ain't playing or, Jaipur with my wife, man. She's brutal. I love Jaipur. Well, you should play it with Thea, man. She will crush you. She is... it. I don't know. I played it with my buddy and he gave me, I think a first edition copy because uh -huh. uh, he's just a sweet dude, Chris. Yeah. And, um, and, and he, uh, and me and Thea played it. And then like, when I played him, he always beat me and he's like, yeah, I'm really good at this game. And man, his wife, his girl doesn't want to play it with him. So I took it home and then Thea beat me really bad. Then I took it back to the shop and then played him using Thea's strategy. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. I'm like, yeah, this is what my wife does. She just like. She beats me at games. She teaches me how to be a man. Yeah. It's no, she's just got this thing with card games, man, where she can just, she's like 4D chessing. And you're like, we're playing Jaipur. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Seven Wonders Duel. That is one of my favorite ones to recommend to people for a two player. Another game that my wife just dominates at. Uh, I'm surprised that they didn't have 
Um, I love oh, Seven Crystal. Oh, but Azul's on here. That, yeah, that, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good list overall. Um, Azul is the uh, the the tile. Is that tiles or tapestry? Is yeah, it's it's tiles in Portugal. Uh, th- there's three of them in, in the thing now, but the original one is still my favorite. Um, so, and then here's an article from Inverse. We're, we're just going through whatever's out here in the last couple of weeks in bar gaming stuff that's in front of people. Um, six best space themed board games. Mm, sign me up. Number one. Do you want to guess what number one is? Uh, um, oh, probably Twilight Imperium. No, 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 no. Is it the Expanse? Because I really want to play that. I've heard all right things. Yeah. Uh, no. Number one is Terraforming Mars, and, and that doesn't surprise me. We used to, we would go through like droughts of not selling any Terraforming Mars, and then all of a sudden, like people just come in and get get it, and we'd sell it, sell it, sell it. Uh, number two is Rebellion, Star Wars Rebellion, which I love. It's a good one. Uh, yeah. Um, number three is Firefly. Got to play it with the. Uh, Got to play it with the expansions. Galaxy Trekker, how do you feel about Galaxy Trekker? Uh, we, I think I finally got to play that before the pandemic. After years and years and years, um, I liked it. Okay. I have no recollection of what happened though. I I could I could honestly take it or leave Galaxy Trekker. I like a couple of his other games. Um, he's got the one where you're like uh, going through the dungeons. Oh, oh gosh. Now I'm gonna have to look it up. Mage Wars, Mage, Mage Knight, Mage. Vlada Chavado? Yeah, Vlada Chavado. Did I just butcher his name? That's how I say it, but I've never said it on recording before. <laughs> I know, right? You read things, but you don't say them out loud. Yeah, that, that's how you know you're, you've met a kid that has read a lot, is they pronounce everything wrong. Hey, there goes um, the new word that describes that thing that I tell people when I say yeah. that. Yeah, I just I don't hang oh. out with people who use fancy words except for you. <laughs> Dungeon Lords. Oh, Dungeon yeah, Lords. Yeah, yeah. And and of course, he did Codenames and uh, Through the space Ages. Uh, or not Space Cats, Space Alert. Yeah, he did. Yep, yep. Space Alert. Yep. Yeah, uh, Vlada Javadal is a person that, like, if somebody's like, hey, do you want to play this game? Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, that theme doesn't sound that great. You know, if it's something that I just despise, which there isn't a lot, and they're like, oh, it's Vlada Javadal. I'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah put it on the table. <laughs> Let's do this. I think I think the night we played Galaxy Trucker, we played like two games of Terraforming Mars before it with like the expansions. It was okay. like a really long, it was like a four or five a.m. Mm-hmm. game night um, with some buds. And then the last two that they threw on here were silly. Uh, uh, Solar Quest. Huh? That doesn't belong with those other games. And then uh, Catan Star Trek, which fine. I mean, I'd rather play that than regular Catan, but I mean, if I'm going to pick any of the Catans, it's going to be, um, uh, gosh, I can't think of the name now. Um, Starfarers. Starfarers of Catan. That's my favorite Catan. Um, I'm surprised Twilight Imperium wasn't on there. I, I guess I just hang out with uh, people who have a lot more time and friends than I, than whoever wrote that article. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Well, I mean, that, and that's what we're looking at is just seeing what's out in front of people right now. So, um, thankfully it was a better week. Today is, uh, January 26th as we record. It was a better week, I think overall in the world of board games. Uh, at least on my Twitter feed it was, and I follow a lot of designers and nobody was getting quite as upset with anybody else this week that I saw on Twitter. Twitter, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, NPR favorited one of my tweets once. That's cool. I think it might have been the DR show. Um, also, shout out to Ryan Courtney who uh, watched uh, unboxing for the channel on YouTube for his game uh, Curious Cargo, which is somewhere. It's over there on top of uh, Time of Crisis. It's up there. I promise. It's right there. I see it. Yeah. So we're gonna have to play. Um, and record it and throw it on YouTube. Um, Curious Cargo on TTS uh, and throw it on YouTube. Keep because I, I like that game and he's a cool designer. So yeah, uh, what do you got? Do you have a favorite game in, in back of you there today? What, what do you got there? I just have the uh, small box, uh, colossal small box games collection by John Cloudus. 
I just really like this. When I've had some of these up here before. I just like this, uh, the whole, what, he, what he's been doing lately is he's been doing um, like small batch games and then sometimes I miss them. But I don't know if I've shown this one before, but uh, Sandstone, he did um, a couple of months ago and he hand cast the tokens himself. So he only made, it's a limited edition run and they're not like anything spectacular. He just made like a, some kind of mold and then right. cast the tokens of different colors. Um, but that's just like what I vibe on instead of, I, I understand people are going to make games. You got to make a buck, you know, sure. The world we live in. Um, but I really like supporting this guy's projects when I remember to, um, because he, um, it's just, I, I think it's all domestic made. Little autographed card and and um not that i have a problem supporting international communities and it's uh labeled 31 of 100 um yeah i just you know like I, it, it's just all him pretty much i i mean i don't know that he could have like play test crew but yeah he's on he does stuff on kickstarter and then i think he's now just doing direct sales with like direct pre-orders and cutting out um, Kickstarter and kind of self-financing everything. Yeah, and um, yeah, we we don't have any sponsors, so not a sponsor. But no, uh, no, yeah, big, <laughs> yeah, big fan. Yeah, just fan. No, no, um, I think I've played Omen. I gotta look it up. Yeah, Omen's been around for a while. I think it won a um, Origins Award. An interesting factoid: um, AJ, who was on our mini painting episode, actually <laughs> the game before I there's the game that came out that he brought up to the shop that was um, a small box game game and um, and we played it and I really liked it and uh-huh. then I didn't realize it was the same guy I discovered small box games independently and started backing his games and I was like yo AJ check this out and he's like oh yeah I love that guy and I'm like oh you played his stuff and he was like yeah like we played like four months ago as one of his and I was like oh that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I played the uh the colossal publication version of that one. Yeah, of, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like that box looks different, but I remember playing a game called um. Yeah, yeah. So okay. yeah, he, there was some stuff that happened. I don't know. I don't know if what happened, but he he went in with the company for a while, and then he seems back. And and I like uh, this one. This is how some of them have been coming recently. Oh, and, and I yeah. played cartouche. Yeah. And it doesn't look great on the shelf necessarily, but I what just is, like... What is that one? It's the North. And I won't lie. I mean, we haven't played this one yet. I'm a bad... Okay. I, I haven't played that one. I got this for my wife for a birthday because she likes card games. So... Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's it's just... I mean, this isn't an unboxing video and I'm not set up to do it. But I, I just like how they're small boxes, you know? So I can have you know, a lot of game without all the space. Right, right. You know, but James Ernst was like my hero when I first got into like board gaming, um, the creator of the game company. Nice. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm, I'm I... I just don't, it's got a dirty word in it. Oh, we, we we've already, no, we can say it cause it's not a dirty word. It's the name of his company. It's cheap ass games. Yeah. Yeah. And his no. business model back in the day. This is something I've always enjoyed, you know, instead of just like, you know, I don't mind minis. I mean, I own a ton of minis, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm fine with wooden tokens. I'm I'm fine with if I need extra meeples, man, I'll bust out key flower. That game's got like 100 meeples in it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, I was just looking what, through what John... Uh, Claudus had done because I know I've played more of his games and I definitely have played a few. I didn't realize how prolific he was. He has put out a ton of games. Yeah, and and some of them aren't like I mean, like Sandstone was all right. It's an abstract, the one that I was just showing before the North. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's they're not like life changing games, but they're they're affordable. They're obviously passion projects, and that's the kind of stuff that I like to support. I mean, game of the year, me buying it or not, you know, like I have, I love Scythe, 
Yeah. And I had a copy of Scythe. I've never played my copy of Scythe. And I've played Scythe a lot. <laughs> you know, but yeah. so like I just don't buy them anymore. Like there's no reason for me to purchase the hotness. Right. You know, unless it's like like Oath. You know, I mean, but I don't know a lot of people that are gonna be like, let's get this to the table. <laughs> just just me. I mean, and anymore, I, it, it's it's hard to get things to the table right now. So, um, like Darwin's Journey, like that's a game that like one person in your play group's got to back. But anything with like Pandasaurus or Stagmire, right. you know, the the companies that are consistently in the top margins of like game of the year type stuff. Yeah, like I'll buy them if I don't think my friends are, you know. Right. But not everybody in your group needs to have it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Um, I, yeah, I, I've i always been of the mindset that if a game is a good game, uh, then it's still going to be a good game five years from now, ten years from now. And, um, and then that goes with, I, I think Tom Vassell has amended this rule a couple times, but um, his, his rule is if a game is good enough, there's always going to be demand for that game to get reprinted, even if the person dies or the business goes out of business enough that that game will eventually get a second printing. And on that note, that's, I think, what is finally bringing back Ginkopolis, despite the history and problems and everything there that have prevented it. Because that game was going for... Uh, let, let's see what's going on for right now. Ink. Can I spell? I probably can't. And I'll say that, that your point that Tom Vassell made isn't always true because there's right. a, a weird tool used to clean out rollers. And the guy who created it is, it is that, point. Uh-huh. It, and the guy's kid refuses to make them anymore because I think he's got bad blood. This is a story from a sales rep. Okay. But if anybody's got any of those roller cleaner for ATM controllers, email Chris. <laughs> we just went totally different niche there okay um <laughs> no it's just it's just no i, I totally agree with what you're saying no, I, like if there's money if there's money to be made people are gonna are, are going to do it well i, I mean i'm sure there's exceptions to the rule but i'm i think that it's still the case of those exceptions proving the rule the fact that somebody would have to go out of their way to keep something from getting reprinted Probably most famously, uh, Glory to Rome. Or Dune. Well, Dune's been reprinted now. Yeah, but the family wouldn't let him touch it for years. Is that why they did it? I thought it was uh, the mess up with the old Avalon Hill. I don't know. Now I'm going to have to read about it. But I thought it was the mess up with when Avalon Hill got bought out by um, uh, Hasbro and everything. Because my understanding was like FFG bought it and then um, bought the rights to the Dune game. But at that point, but I, I heard, I'm probably wrong. I heard people, there's a couple of Tolkien estate and games, you know. That's oh. why there's only like one Tolkien board game based off of the books and a ton based off the movie. Yeah, sure. But the Tolkien estate has always been very, 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 Perfecto. very careful about what gets put out there yeah but they made the um, hobbit movies mm. <laughs> oh i watched did i tell you we watched through those again i, I watched through those three with the boys because uh we had played that game uh hobbit unexpected party and they loved it we played it a couple times and then and they were like can we watch the movie and uh and this is when my, my father-in-law was in the hospital and stuff and i was like yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> and so we watched like 10 hours of movies in, in four days. Um, and I love that. I heard there's a, 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 a fan cut of the Hobbit movies. I think I want to watch that because I still haven't seen the third one. Because I watched the second one on my birthday when it came out. And then I almost left the theater. I was so mad. I think that's the thing is that like going back and watching it now when I can be in my own house with my own snacks, not paying, you know, $15 for popcorn, but I can make you know, for 50 cents for all three of us. And I can sit there on the couch and pause it and laugh and enjoy it. it makes uh, you it don't look. do my, you don't do my boy bomber like that. Okay. You don't put him in a barrel and turn it into like some, 
<laughs> twirling axe Tolkien, yeah. iron man you know in a barrel you know mark one suit coming out coming out yeah attacking like you know no you you don't do that the bomber he he drinks out of the uh the creek in the um oh the murkwood and he falls asleep and he's a dwarf they're worthless they're useless that's the whole point of the story the whole point of the hobbit is is just some dudes getting caught and getting hungry and getting saved and then like then they're like let me tell you a story about our adventure and then they're like that's a great story let's hook you up with some gear and then they what do they do they immediately lose everything and they get rescued that's they don't rescue themselves I, I do think that the part that's hardest to swallow is how seriously Thorin takes himself through those three movies. Like he's like, I I am Thorin Oakenshield, and you know it's always very somber and serious. And like it made more sense in the cartoon when he had a white beard and he was old, and he just basically almost dies of old age in the battle. Yeah, <laughs> than it does of like. I'm this amazing warrior who dies. Like, yeah, no, they were dirt farmers for a hundred years before that. Yeah, you know, like they, they were going out. They were they were day laborers. <laughs> and then the, anyway, and that's and that's why the Tolkien Estate doesn't let us have nice board games based off the board. Um, the unexpected party is really fun for a, a little pick up and deliver game, and, and the boys had a lot of fun with the movies. I mean, Smog is is fun, and if you just laugh at the things and don't take it too seriously, th- those movies can be fun. Um, Tallulah was singing um, of her own accord. I, I uh, um, that's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Yeah, because um, because uh, we watch the '77 cartoon pretty often. Yeah. Um, so what were we talking about? Uh, oh, Ginkopolis is fun, finally coming back. I, I'm, I'm looking up what. Cur- oh, this is amazing. Prices, prices have dropped now that it's coming. I love seeing that happen. Are you just like on eBay or BGG? I'm on BGG uh, Market History. Yeah. Like, there's this direct line from like 200 plus to like we're down in the we're down in the 60s and 50s. Like, which is where it kind of should be because. Yeah. It, it's a fun game. Is it a two hundred dollar game? No, it never was. Yeah, uh, let me qualify my earlier statement too about like I don't need to own multiple copies of games that everybody else already owns. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like me coming up with this uh, idea on my own. That's like years of just owning games and not playing them, and mm-hmm. then being on my shelf and not having a lot of shelf space and then like buying and selling and trading or giving mm-hmm. away games because i'm more than happy like to give away a game i had um i had to call before you dig people out here and yeah. um and yeah. i was talking to the guy that was marking my yard up for a gas line and uh, he told me him and his kids just got in a D. so i gave him um the first edition book to Gaslands because nice. uh, yeah. he just started getting into that stuff and i have the second ed book like I could hold on to it and be like, you know, I bought the first dead book like the month it came out. I could like give it to this guy so him and his kids could like play Hot Wheels. Right. You know, I don't have the yeah. shelf space to 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 have a whole bunch of games that I won't play. Right. I, I need to have a smaller shelf filled with games that I won't play instead of a very large shelf mm-hmm. of of a lot of games. I mean, there there are two games I would probably own. Uh, even if all my friends had them because I like to be able to play them myself. Um, and that's Azul and Sagrada. Um, mm. Because I, Azul, I feel like I could teach almost anybody. Same thing with Sagrada. If you're above the age of like seven or eight, um, both of those games are easy to teach. I still have fun with them, even though I've played them a lot. Um, and those are also... Those are those are smaller box games. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I I'm just saying, like, I think that again, though, that uh, kind of is the exception that proves your rule. Like, um, I because I'm I'm of a similar mindset. If I'm I'm if I'm never gonna play it, I don't really need to collect it just to collect it. And yeah, that's that's why my collection is a little bit different than some other people. That uh, I I definitely have too many games. I have you know a couple hundred, but um, you just stash them at your brother-in-law's house. That's what I do. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's. 
I, I try to buy things that I think other people might not have so that I can actually enjoy those games and play them. That's why I have the GMT games that I have because when I get a chance to play them, I love playing those games and not everybody's going to have those games around to play. So And that's why there's a whole bunch, not a whole bunch, but there's extra GMT games at your brother-in-law's house because he's the <laughs> only one that I have that would play it with me for the most part. So I'm like, hey. Yeah. I, I, I think I literally traded uh, Scythe off and some other games to get some GMT games at a, at a con. Yeah, so that I, I play with. I, I I totally would have done that. Like I play Scythe online. Um, I by myself all the time when I'm bored between things. Like I have games that I I save and I just reload it, you know, on Steam. Yeah. Um, but I don't own a physical copy because I know enough people that own it that there's no real reason for me to own a physical copy. Um, so. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about the gaming world and gaming news? I think I feel like we've had a great conversation, just you and I, this week. It's, it's nice to just yeah, no, talk with nice. you about games again. No, no. Just, uh, you know, um, if you can't get into the table now, um, anybody can use TTS, Tabletop Simulator. If I can use Tabletop Simulator, um, don't, if, if you're worried about your technological capabilities, you should be able to, because because I can. There's a lot of hand holding for Christopher to get this podcast set up with me. <laughs> um, on that note, yeah, email me if, if you hear this and you're in another state or whatever, and you need somebody to play with this. Email me at boardagaingames at gmail .com and we can find a uh, way to connect with uh, Tabletop Simulator. Um, we Ryan and I play on there, and he and I. Are looking for other people to play with sometimes we also have a discord that we just started and we would love to connect and play some games um i'm i just did epidemic con and i think that we're probably going to be doing some other online cons later this year maybe in person if we can get the vaccine uh but yeah we do like playing with people like those experiences are why i play i don't just play solo games i do like yes yeah, since since cons in october yeah and Hopefully. Uncle Joe says everybody who wants the vaccine should be able to get it by spring, which is good because I was looking at 2023 with the uh, <laughs> with the uh, rollout numbers. I was like, wow, it's going to be a long pandemic. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm going to take my headphones off for a second and grab something because I want to show you, Ryan, and then uh, then we'll, we'll end with that maybe. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Not, I'm, there's no, um, there's no, um, I don't know what's happening this is just a surprise for me just as much as it is for you dear listener Ooh, it's a gmt game. i know that i know it's a gmt game but what gmt game is it is it a new command and colors it's got that it's got that 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 red but gmt just has that red everywhere <laughs> yeah, flash the box real fast and i'll guess flash the box real fast yeah, okay. real fast um gandhi no, no. Oh. no, this is Time of Crisis, the Roman Empire, Turmoil, 235 to 284 AD. Uh, it's a pretty easy game to learn, um, so I will be teaching it on TTS sometime because um, we can play up to four people, so if, that, that'd be a good one if anybody wants to join us for like a solid couple hours. <laughs> yeah, I just, when you were grabbing it, I, I immediately thought, did Christopher get a coin game? Is there a coin game in his house? I do have two coin games in my house, but I need Lake of Fire at some point, I think. Wait, is that a coin? Lake of Fire? Yeah, like a Lake of Fire is a coin. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. And then I really want to play Cuba Libre, though. That's the one I want to play. Oh, that's it's right. The, the easiest, most accessible one. But you drink some Cuba Libres, play some Cuba Libre. I, I have to keep my... Eyes out. I, I like to, but I used games, so I will keep my eyes out. Yeah, that's how I got a lot of my games was trading minis hmm. on uh, yep. uh, on Barter Town. Yeah, that's cool. a used to be a good site. Anyway, anyway, well, I'll see you um, next week. I will see you next week with our guest Patrick uh, Rael. Rael. I don't know how. Again, I've read his last name. I haven't pronounced his last name with him, so I have to. I have to finish his his piece, which I'm excited to read. I've I've yeah. been I've been reading it, so that'll be exciting. Excellent, cool, good chat. I'll catch you later. See you, Ryan. Bye. 
You've just listened to Board Again Games Season 2, Episode 5, where we talked about some of the most anticipated games of 2021, including Darwin's Journey, Carnegie, ISS Vanguard, and some of our favorite games, as well as what we fundamentally think makes a good game, too. Hope you enjoyed listening. You can reach us at boardagaingames at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. Thanks for listening and happy gaming.